You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Matt Moore, joined tonight by my co-host, Adam Marez from DNVR, bringing you the reaction to the Nuggets going to 4-0. and in the Aaron Gordon era, in the new core four era, in the new starting lineup era, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever nickname they came up with on DMVR, which I did not understand what that nickname was. Uh, we, don't, we don't have one. We got to keep workshopping, man. We got to keep workshopping. 119-109 over the Orlando Magic. Aaron Gordon and his revenge game. I never understand this. It's like the, the revenge game. It's like for, he, he asked for a trade. Like yeah, it's a revenge game. <laughs> This wasn't a revenge game. This it was not a revenge, a revenge game. game. Uh, we will go over why this was a little bit different, uh, but in particular, what I noticed in terms of uh, you will none, none of you will be surprised that I was not surprised that they struggled in this game as we've talked about it over and over again. But the way that they won this one was a little bit different, and I do want to talk about that. We will talk about Aaron Gordon's uh, another great night, his probably his best statistical production night. We will talk about Michael Porter Jr. continuing to absolutely rack it up. We will talk mm-hmm. about the first look at JaVale McGee and a new bench unit, which may be in the formation. We'll do all that on today's show as we get you set ready for the week. But first, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Adam. So here's my take. You ready for the take? I'm ready for it. Excited for it. Okay. So you said before we went on, you're like, I, I totally expected them to, to win this game, even when they were down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not surprised that of all the teams that they faced, Atlanta, good team, Philadelphia, good team, the Clippers, good team, that of course they go down by almost 20 yeah. half time to the Orlando Magic. Like, of course, right? They're at, especially at home, first game back in front of fans. I'm just like, yep, okay, this feels <laughs> familiar. This is, it's comforting, honestly. It was a, it was a, a relic of a bygone era at uh, Bell, Ball Arena, but that's the point. I think it's a little bit of a bygone era. That's why this one was a little more surprising that they fell down because I just thought they were not fully past it, but a little past it. See, and that's interesting that you say that because actually this is going to be shocking. I was really encouraged. Oh, okay. And here's why. Okay. Uh, Ryan Blackburn was like, this is a very 2019, 20 nuggets. I disagree. Ryan. See, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I think too. So, okay. Yeah. I disagree. Here's why. Okay. Yeah. Last year versus the Cavs, they came out and they sucked. They sucked at half. They yeah. like they sucked in the first quarter. They sucked in the second quarter. They came out flat after halftime. Mm-hmm. And then they had to furiously rally in the fourth quarter to try and get back in the game and ultimately fell short because the other team was too high and Garland kept hitting shots. That was the model. Like with the Nuggets, it was that's who they were last year. Is like they would screw around for three quarters and then be like all right, enough dicking around. Let's go. Like, like, let's make this a game. We can steal this. Right. I thought it was really encouraging that they absolutely suck for a half. And the starting unit is so good, Adam. They cannot suck for three quarters. That's so true. What's funny is they weren't even that bad in the second quarter. It's really the first quarter where they, they really got hammered. I thought in the second quarter, they started to get their footing, but you're right. Um, to end up a positive, and I think you put it out, whatever their positive net was as a group, was it 24 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 24 and a half. 
it's pretty amazing because they were pretty big negatives in the first half. So that just tells you how dominant they were. I do think that's part of it, Matt. I mean, the team's better. I mean, Murray is better than he was last year. Jokic is better than he was last year. That I just think the overall talent, Michael Porter is a lot better than he was last year. So I, I think it's easier maybe for them to come back, but I, I don't know. This game to me was less, and, and maybe I'm on an island on this, but this game was less about overlooking the magic. And I think a little bit more about some rising frustrations going on with Jokic. And, and to me, that was what, that was where the core of the funk was in that first quarter, I thought. Huh. That's an interesting take. I don't know if I agree with it, but it's an interesting take. I think um, for me, a lot of it was just, like, I do think it was just like, they just didn't, they didn't have it, you yeah. know? And, and you just, Sometimes you know. but, but this is also like, this is a really, this is a big thing. There are a number of like models for performance in the regular season. Okay. And you can just be, you can be like, a Thibodeau team like the Knicks, right? Where you're just like hustling every night, yeah. playing it to the bone, trying to win every single game, like taking it life or death for 82. And by the end, you're exhausted and you have no higher gear than you're dead in the playoffs. Okay. Right. Uh, you can be like the super teams and basically just screw around and be like, we're going to win enough of them. It's fine. Totally. I'm not going to really care. We're going to have a middling record, but we're going to do well enough. We're like we'll get up for the good games early when we're healthy and we feel like it sure yeah um and then there's like the middle and then there's like this this other group which is the nuggets have kind of been part of this which is like last year they were good enough to beat most teams if they did not try at all they could lose to anybody right. but their best effort could also beat anybody the difference with this team though is that they're so good that them not having it to start a game doesn't doom them like yeah they having being just being so good that you can still win and look impressive is a really good thing. Like, I think they yeah. wanted to win this game. I don't think, you know, they, they don't have the game, the same kind of lackadaisical overconfidence that the nets have. Right. But they are good enough to be like, to come out of half and be like, all right, let's just, let's forget that. Let's just get back to it. Let's get this thing down to single digits. And we can refocus. win this game. Yeah, refocus. Yeah. And there's this that starting lineup remains, yeah, the story. And that's kind of what you're alluding to. I don't maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you're alluding to the bench unit, although there's some interesting things no. going on there. But you're mainly talking about that that core five guys with, with the nuggets at starting five. And yeah, there's just so much firepower on it and so much um, you know, playmaking and rebounding, and now all of a sudden defense that they can just sort of um, decide it's time. And you have a quarter like that third quarter, which was a 38 to 21 quarter followed very quickly by a fourth quarter. That was a 34 to 23 quarter. So um, it, it, it was very impressive. What did you make of Jokic's? I mean, the 16 assists is obviously insane. Let's talk him in the second, in the second. Okay. Okay. Second, I, th I think that's where we're going to, that we need to give it some air to breathe. I think. Okay. Um, I do want to talk about the starters one more bit, just two, two bits of, of data for you. So I mentioned the, the net rating that was 24.5 for the season. Now uh, they are four now in 90 minutes. They have a 133.9 offensive rating. Pretty good. And a, and a 100 defensive rating for a plus 33.9. So crazy. Um, man. It's coming yeah. down. I mean, it came down from what it was before, but it's, yeah, it's, crazy. it's no longer plus 35. Yeah. Uh, what I did think was interesting though, in the second half, <laughs> Excuse this me. Game, Excuse me. When they when they got themselves right, Denver starters averaged 1.5 points per possession, and in raw plus minus the bench was plus 20 in the second half. Wow. 
That's you. Oh, the starters. Sorry, the starters. Oh, the starter. I was like, okay, yeah, starters. starters. Starters, not the bench. Very much not the bench. Um, so like that unit is just incredible. Um, thought I was really impressed with Michael Porter Jr. offensively tonight and second half when he settled in, kind of cleaned up on a lot of the mistakes he had first quarter or first half. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon getting 24 points on 10 to 13. Pretty good. Man, pretty, it's pretty good. after the game, he talked about how easy these baskets are and the easiest baskets of his life. And you wonder how long he'll be sort of content. I mean, look, the, the, the thing that's cool about this Nuggets right now is tonight Aaron Gordon led them in scoring with 24 points, but he took the same amount of shots. And if you actually go back through all four games, everybody in that starting lineup is taking between 10 and, and 16, 17, 18 shots. You know, Jokic and Murray will get up to 18 or so, but everybody else is basically nine to 13 or so. And whoever leads the team in scoring, it's almost random. It could be Michael Porter. It could be Will Barton. It could be Gordon. It could be Murray. And tonight, Aaron Gordon did, but it wasn't like he did necessarily anything different. It's just that the cuts that he made, rather than opening him up for somebody else, opened him up for him tonight, and he converted him. So yeah. I think I, it's just a really good connection that team has right now where you really don't know who's going to lead him in scoring each night. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk to Jokic. And in the third okay. segment, we'll talk the bench. Um, there's a lot to get to with, with Nicola, I think, as clearly based off of your comments. So we'll take a break. We'll talk about Nikola Jokic when we come back after the break. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. March Madness is wrapping up, but the NBA is in full swing. Major League Baseball has started. You still got the NHL. You bet on the abs. Bet Online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. They got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Second segment here on Locked On Nuggets, Matt Moore joined by Adam Marez. Adam, I'm going to give you the floor. Where do you think Jokic is at right now? Um, I think he's kind of in the same spot he always is. I think he knows having Aaron Gordon in the mix and Michael Porter. By the way, we have to bang this drum because, you know, obviously we're close to the team. Aaron Gordon and Malone, even before the game today, brought this up. Aaron Gordon has really made things click for Denver, but they've been on a roll well before that. I think they're 14 of the one 14 of their last 17. And a large part of that has been Michael Porter, who I think is more unlocked now than ever, but he's been on a slow, steady incline. He's been playing well for the last 15, 16, 17 games. But um, I think that's part of it. Is he just knows now he's got all these weapons. So he's shooting a little bit less, but I think his frustration is starting to boil over with what he perceives. And I think Michael Malone perceives to be guys just getting to be a little bit more physical with him. And I think the word is out that, Hey, this is what flusters him. get physical. And if you get the whistle in your favor that night, Jokic is going to, it's going to distract him. And I just think that's what happened in that first half or one of the many things that happened in that first half. I thought he was lost focus and got, and really lost his temper a little bit. It's interesting you say physicality. Um, I don't even think physicality is the right word for it. Because I think if you're like, if a guy is like, I'm going to body you. Yeah. Let's go. Let's play in the post. Jokic is like, cool. Loves that. Yeah, loves it. Let's yeah. do it. It's really, he just does, like many of us, Nicole Jokic does not enjoy getting hit in the face. <laughs> not a big fan of it. I yeah. personally, not a fan of getting hit in the face. Always telling my kids, don't touch my face. Don't do that. 
that's not a thing. So like, I understand it, but that be, that's been the consistent theme is when he gets hit in the face and doesn't get the call. He's like, I'm he getting hit in thing. the face. Yeah. Um, and that was what set him off on that one. That's the, where he really kind of started to lose it. Um, did you watch after, I know you're on DMVR. Did you watch Malone's pre- presser? I didn't know. Okay. So I know the wind told you about the frustration level. I want to actually tell you what actually happened on that, on that question. Okay. Um, I, this is exact. This is, this is the phrasing I said. I said with the caveat that nobody wants you to get fined. <laughs> I don't know if that the, works. Like and you with get the, declare immunity. And with the understanding that I can't afford to pay your fine. Right. What's your frustration level with how Nicola has been officiated over the last stretch of games? Um, I did that basically. Here, here's like a key part of it. My job is to get, like, this is an obvious storyline. So as a journalist, I need to ask that question. Sure, it's fair. I don't feel it's fair in these situations because of how the NBA handles it. Right. For right, me not right. to be like, I, I, I always, when I talk to players, I do this. I'm just like, I want you to be aware, first off, that what you say can result in you losing money. Right, right. And I want you to be, like, aware of that and then make the decision from there. So I gave Malone the opportunity, basically, to get the fine. That was what I like. I wanted to know if he wanted the fine. Like he doesn't. He, he could have gone off and gotten it. I think he does. I think he wants the fine. I just think he's not willing to pay it. Well, sure. I think that I think that if Tim Connolly calls and is like, we'll pay it, it's fine. Do it. Like yeah. that'll happen. But like that's the full context of what happened. And Malone's answer, for those that don't know, was he just said, Wow, hmm, okay. Uh, to put it short and sweet, my frustration is high. And it was just like, you could tell that he's just seething about it. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is? Uh, your honest opinion. Do you, here's how I would put it. I, there's a lot of factors in my opinion that lead to Jokic not getting maybe as many fouls as other post players do. And some of those are just because the way the NBA is called. I mean, it's power and athleticism gets it inside. Um, but I also feel like the word is out a little bit on, hey, you know what Jokic doesn't like? that Dwight Howard goonery that just, just do the things that refs don't like to call. Cause it's silly. And if you get away with enough of them, he's going to boil over. And I just feel like there's a lot of that, especially over these last few games of guys thinking, Hey, let's toe the line. And if we don't get, if the refs don't call it, Jokic is going to really lose it. I have some stuff I got to say after this, but I'll, I'll just put it this way. You don't um, want to get blind. I think I think that, and actually, I'll tell you the in large part. I think that they don't know how to call it because they've been go- like the league is all point guards jacking yeah. up threes oh, now. A hundred percent, yeah. Like they don't like the nineties. Like there would have, like Jokic would have been the, been the line like fifteen times, right? Easy. Now, I need to mention this, and I know that like it, I am understanding of the context, and you can go to the line a lot and still have had more that weren't called. I just, I need to mention it. Okay. I feel like I need to mention it for the audience. Um, Jokic went to the line nine times tonight. That is the most of any player in the game. Sure. The Nuggets took. Uh, he got really 30, aggressive at the second half. The Nuggets took 31 free throws, which is 14 more than the Orlando Magic took in this game. Now, I think that he got a bad whistle on the one where he got hit in the face. 
Right. I think he got that's the uh, one that threw him over the edge. That's what I mean. That's the one. Yeah, that, I think he got a bad whistle on like several plays. I just think he like I think in general and, and Nuggets fans are like this is disrespectful, and I I will tell you I don't disagree. Like, um, I will say this that LeBron is maybe to me the most under uh, under officiated guy. Mm. Like, he legitimately like it's changed since he went to. Oh, that's weird. It changed since he went to the Lakers, but for most of his career, like he's one where I've just, whenever I, when I went back for all those MVP deep dives, I would just be like, God, he takes so much contact. Right. And he right. just powers through it. So they're just like, whatever. And like, that's a lot of it. I think is like Joker just powers through all of it. Like he just, and it's impossible for him to flop. Like he can't flail yeah. with the way that his game is, is built, you know? So and he gets calls. He just doesn't get shooting calls. I mean, we've talked about mm-hmm. it before. He draws a lot of fouls. He just doesn't draw them in, in the act of shooting, but I don't know. I just, I feel like the last couple of games, Jokic has lost his cool in a way that I feel like he's been really good about all year. And maybe it's just a little blip, a short little blip, but tonight, you know, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get thrown out. Cause there was, I, I thought for a while there, he might toe the line between getting tossed and, and not. Oh, when he ran into Guthrie, I was like, Oh man, I thought I, nobody was tired. The broadcast wasn't mentioning it, but he made contact with an official, which is kind of a big no, no. So that's what I mean. It was, you could tell it was that he was right there on that edge about ready to be pushed over it. So I hope yeah, I don't, they, I don't like, I don't like complaining about a fit. I don't really like even talking about officials. And I know that frustrates a lot of the fans that listen to this. So I don't want to make it like any kind of excuse. The team has won both of the games that these last two games, but just what I observed with Jokic, he does look like emotionally he's starting to get fed up with something that he perceives to be a, you know, a wrong against him. I think here's part of, if you're listening to this, like here's part of it. What are we going to say about it? Right? Like, right. if you get a bad whistle, does that mean that you don't have to win the game? No, you still, you, I'm sorry, you still, you still have, have to win. win. Yeah, exactly. That's your job. Like, it's not all, you're not always going to get the breaks. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, if we talk about it, are the officials gonna like make a noise about it? Like, nope. no, no, that's not gonna change anything. You mentioned this on DNVR, and it's absolutely right. If Malone goes off in that press conference, I'm enough to get a fine. It gets a headline on NBC, it gets a headline on ESPN. The jump probably talks about it, maybe like there's like a 25% he does it creatively chance. enough, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like there's like a 25% chance that it gets talked about. But like, really, also, I would say this: like, save it for the playoffs because you're gonna need. Like, I agree. If you want to do it? You, yeah. Do it. Do it at the end of Game One of a Lakers series because it's the only chance you have. Like, I know. I kind of, I, I, I kind of thought that too. Of like, hey, I understand Malone not wanting to be fined, you know, or, or taking a fine once, but he's not gonna take three or four fines in a season. You might as well wait till three or four games before the playoffs begin. You kind of make a point of it. You try to be creative and bring a light to it. We'll see. 17 points tonight on 11 shots. So again, the scoring numbers dip. We'll see where he ends up. But what you talked about with the concern for MVP, I think is accurate. But 16 assists is still going to show pretty big. Um, He's the most hilarious player. 17-9 and 16, I feel like it was a little bit of a mediocre night for him. Yeah, it's all right. That line is like historically great passing from a center. Yeah, and he was fine. Like it was was fine. Um, I know this on Twitter that his 16 assists, uh, that ranks – tied with uh wilt chamberlain and nikola Jokic, yeah. wilt twice and, J- and joker once for sixth most by a center in nba history the top 10 of most assists by a center in nba history are entirely wilt chamberlain and nikola Jokic, and Jokic now has four of the top 10 
assist performances in a game by a center. How many do you think he'll have by the time he retires of the top 10 single game? So, like, here's the thing. Do you think that he can get 22 in a game? Man, I don't know. That's, that's really a lot. Tough to like, that's a, like, that's you know a lot. I'm going to say it. Yes, I do. Yes, it could happen. It could. No, no, I didn't ask could, Adam. I didn't ask could. I'll say think? yes, it will. Yes, it okay. will happen. All right, then he would have the number one of all time. Wow, all right. That's Well, had 21 in 68. Wow. Um, I think mostly, look, uh, Wilt's got 21, 19, 17, two 16s. I think it's likely that Jokic winds up with, like, multiple 17 games. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he got tonight. It was almost a quiet. Like, I could see – I can definitely see the, the top five being Wilt, Wilt, Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think by he's by the time he's done, probably the majority yeah. the majority of, of the top ten will be will be him. I mean, like quite honestly, like Wilt's numbers are exaggerated one by longer quarters and the pace of play. Right. And he literally one season was just like, I'm going to lead the gate the league in assists. Um I don't think there's any question that Joker's gonna go down as the best passing big man of all time and one of the five best passers we've ever seen. Like, yeah, I mean, there's the second part. Just, who knows? But he'll be, he'll be. He just is. But I mean, I mean, look, like the list is probably Magic, LeBron. This is a tough list to say. That's a really tough list to say for me. I mean, I would assume people would have gone Stockton on this, but I don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, like I like. I mean, I think Stockton doesn't get enough credit. I think Chris probably deserves to be on there. Yeah, Chris Paul's a great one. Steve Nash, a great one. Nash, yeah. Like, is Joker a better passer than Steve Nash is a great question. I'd, I mean. It's I a legitimately know. great question. I don't know. I, I mean, that's too hard. They're just so different. Either way, you're talking about a guy that sees the court like unlike it was. It's See, hard. but here's the thing. Okay, hang on. You've got to get used to having these kind of debates that you're just like, well, I don't know. You know, I because hate these like, debates. I'm not the guy. I don't, these aren't the ones I want to lean into. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, is like the big ones are done. Like the ones that you fought for are done. Everybody acknowledges he's one of the five best players in the, in the NBA. Oh, that's great. Like you, you've won. Okay. So you got to get into the minutiae here. Like you're no longer having to like battle for this other stuff. Like I'll you know, tell you the one I was, the one I was almost got suckered into was uh, the Kendrick Perkins the other day when he said he was a top 20 center. And then people started saying it's true. Or he, he's almost a top 20. They started doing the list. And I saw a list that had Dikembe Mutombo on there. I saw a list that had, you know, players that I think were very good, but please, are we kidding ourselves here? <laughs> He's passed a lot of these greats that, that I guess people are still slow to give him credit for. But I don't fight those battles because over time, everybody figures it out. Okay. I will never say that he's better than Hakeem Olajuwon. I want you to be prepared for this. I didn't say Hakeem Olajuwon. No, I'm just t- letting you know. I just oh. don't want ever that to come to a head. If it ever oh. comes down to like him or Hakeem, I'm always going to go with Hakeem. Well, I think it's going to be interesting, you know, after if you feel that way after his third championship. I mean, we'll see. Sure. We'll see. We'll see. Sure. For sure. Sure. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk about the bench. We yeah. always got to talk about the bench. I want to talk about Jamal Murray as well. Uh, another yeah. good performance from him. We'll get to that. And we'll take a look at the week ahead, especially. Uh, guess who's up next? I know. Interesting. Old friends. Nuggets will face. We'll talk about that after the break when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. Guys, it's that time again. It's a special time in the podcast. I'm with you every day, and I just I cherish these moments to be able to tell you about 
Built Bar. The improved mm. Built Bar is even more delicious, sir. They actually use that in the copy. I can't disagree. 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake. You know what my favorite is? Oh, not, no kidding. Raspberry cheesecake is my favorite. I love it. It's got white chocolate, delicious little, little crisp to it. It's awesome. It is, it's chewy, but still not too much. It's awesome. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for trying to be health conscious. Take the peanut butter bar, which has got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 gram net carbs go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on 20 l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n 20 and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com adam do you know what won the built bar madness bracket yeah well, it's a coconut brownie chunk yep coconut the goat, brownie chunk. the goat the rightful one that was a dominant yeah. dominant I can't believe a coconut one won. i'm just I'm really <laughs> upset it's like duke winning and it's terrible and I'm very upset about it. We're also brought to you today by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals, mechanics, and do-it-yourselfers. If you go into one of those big box stores, you go up to the counter, they might give you one price, and then the mechanic comes up and asks for the same exact price, and that guy will get a different price, a lower one. That's not fair. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like the airlines do. Rockauto.com's for everybody, and it doesn't require membership or an account login, which is great because I'm tired of writing down passwords for every site I go to. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered quickly and directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll be right back on Locked On. Get more analysis of the top prospects available like Jalen Suggs in this year's NBA Draft with Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of the national championship. Get all that four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam, some changes to the rotation tonight. Uh, at JaVale McGee comes in. Plays pretty well in 537 is a plus two. Should be noted uh, he did not come in in the first half. It was a, That was yep. an adjustment, in-game adjustment. So Millsap plays first half, really struggles, minus seven, 0 of 4. JaVale plays second half, um, has, two po- has three points, one turnover, two rebounds. I thought um, played pretty good defense. He got called for a really, um, let's just be honest, bullshit foul on when he contained on the perimeter. I understood why they were upset with that call. It was a pretty bad one. Uh, got blocked by the rim on an M1. That was a that was a old familiar. Got a tech. JaValeism got tech in his first game back. So had the whole JaVale experience tonight, I thought. Uh, Monte Morris returns, four of eight from the field, 10 points. It was a minus four, mostly built upon two things, the first half and then um, being handcuffed to Compasso. Um, yeah. That unit, man, I, the, the Nuggets can't go back to it. The, uh, you know, they tried Jamal Murray in there, but Jamal, Faku, Monte with the two bigs. Uh, you know, I don't think I, I honestly wonder if if this was the final game of that that combo. It, Malone really wants to make the three guards thing work. He just, really does. <laughs> you just can't. I also here's the thing I don't know. I don't know why 
he's he started he staggered Aaron Gordon a little bit more tonight. He tried some different combinations there in the first half at least. Um, he also went to like an all bench unit, which actually didn't implode in the second half, which is pretty good. Um, congratulations to Faku Composo because Paul Mills have did not play in the second half. Composo did not finish with the worst plus minus on the team at minus six. So, and you're being harsh on him, uh, being harsh for, on him for him. Um, one of three from the field for Composo. I mean, look, I don't know what I, I really don't know what to do at this point where, um, I get why I get, I get from my regular season perspective why he's in. It's more a matter of, I don't, everyone's kind of asked me, well, like, do you think he'll actually play in the playoffs? And I don't know, because I just, I feel like, like, I feel like the whole team was so excited to get him and they like him so much that they're trying really hard to make this work. Like I can, I can understand. Here's what I would say. I can understand you trying to make a case for him. Like you bring Monte back. Like maybe it was because he didn't have Monte or maybe it's because you didn't do the right. I think maybe you try those out, but I, I'm really curious to see if anything changes over the next two, one, two, three games. And if nothing does change, if he gets cut out, I'm really curious for it. Cause I thought tonight might be a night he doesn't, he didn't play or played reduced minutes. So this was a 10 man rotation, but it was split between Millsap who played first half and JaVale who played second. Yeah. So really it was nine man rotation. Yeah. Um, which I think is notable. Um, I'm often told that I need to comment more on the players that I defend who struggle. So like, I don't really know what to do with PJ Dozier in terms of, I don't know, oh. like, I don't know how to make him. Here's the thing. I don't know what PJ needs to do better. Like there, there's not stuff that, that PJ does where I'm like, like, it's just the shot. This is, yeah. I think this is my frustration, Adam. The criticism that I usually see on Twitter is almost entirely I can if if somebody is, is catching a whole lot of heat, I know that they're just below 50% in the field goal percentage category. Like that's it. Right. It's not about rebounds, it's not about assists, it's not about any it's not about defense, it's not about anything else. It's literally shot. just like, have you made more shots than you've missed? If you've made more right. shots, then Twitter is happy with you. If you've missed more, then Twitter is mad at you. Right. Yeah. And like I don't think Dozier's played, I thought Dozier played some really good defense in the second half and made some good plays. But like the shot, I don't. I just I don't know what he, what to do there. Yeah, and I and also like you referenced it earlier, but his role. I don't. It's it's weird what his role is on that group. I mean, here's the thing about the bench: they had one assist tonight. You look at the entire bench, one assist that came from Composo. You look at the points: Millsap and Dozier did not score. Uh, Jamaica, uh, Javale and Composo each had one basket. Jamichael Green had two. I mean, it's just. It, it's like pulling teeth with that unit right now. And I, it's been several games in a row. This was not a very good magic. It wasn't a very good magic team, but it really wasn't a good magic bench. You're talking about the, this is the end of the end of the bench for them playing these minutes. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's weird that the bench has been as bad as the starting lineup has been good, but I will say, I am curious to see if JaVale McGee brings anything. And I'm curious to see if Michael Malone tries any other combination of players, maybe ones that don't involve, playing all of your guards maybe maybe you try something else out I, I i don't know i i do think that one way or another we arrive there before too long i thought jamal green played well tonight um jamal murray second half 18 points on 6 of 12 shooting started off really rough uh pop quiz who is the second leading scorer in the second half of the denver nuggets in the second half michael porter i would guess michael porter only had nine points which is good mm -hmm. four or six shooting but nine points 
Uh, the answer is Will Barton. Interesting. 13 points on four of six shooting. Get those two well, threes. Yeah, well, everyone was, once again, trying to run him out of town. Well, well, here's the guys would learn. Well, I don't want to talk about what fans or this or that or people in your mentions are saying because it doesn't matter. But the truth of the matter is, this was this has been true really in the entire Aaron Gordon era, you know, the four games. When Will Barton is the wildest wild card, I feel like Jokic, Murray, they, even Porter has been consistent. Barton, when he's good, that Nuggets team is like Golden State Warriors death lineup. You, they just roll, they mow you over. And when he's bad it, or maybe a little loud or just missing shots, you know, it feels a little bit like, okay, they're still really, really, really good. But they, you know, they're 20%. They take 20% off of them. So in the first half, I thought he was bad. He did take, he did take a few possessions where I'm like, try to establish a rhythm here. Your, your hemorrhage yeah. point established, and he didn't. And the second half, he knocked down shots and did get some of those plays, and, and they were great. So I, he's a swing player for them. Um, but, yeah, I thought in the second half, I thought he was really good, uh, yeah. including everyone was mad because he missed the, the dunk on the foul. But I was like, he got fouled. Like, that's why. Like, he couldn't finish the dunk because he got fouled. Uh, I just – man, Porter is just – he's so good. Porter is just so good offensively. I just – so I, I looked this up um, for – I did – locked on NBA and did a quick hit with, with Nick and listen to it on my way home. Already listened to it. When was the, so, you know, already know this, the last time that oh, this Michael, that Michael Porter shot less than 50% from the field was March 2nd versus a month, over a month ago. That's insane. And prior to that, because this one I didn't get to prior to that, it was the Blazers game on February 23rd. So oh. You have all of these games in between. I don't know the exact number, but like it's insane how many times. And like some of these are like, you know, you know, the Clippers game, sixty-four percent. Philadelphia, sixty-nine percent. Right. You know, New Orleans, fifty-nine percent. The Charlotte, sixty-five percent, sixty percent, seventy-eight percent. Like these are just (laughs) insanely efficient shooting nights. You're missing the best detail of this. He scored 15 or more in all of those games. Yeah. So it's not like he had a 50%, you know, one for two, two for four. This is, he's getting points. He's getting like number one or number two scorer of the game points. And he's shooting this crazy efficiency. What really stands out to me, his shot selection is really good. And that's just like a thing I don't, I didn't expect to say. Part of why he's so efficient is he only, I'm saying only because 14 is still a lot of shots, but he only took 14 tonight. And I feel like on average, there's maybe one shot per night where I go like, okay, maybe rush this one or whatever. Like he deserves them, but you know, whatever. I'm just surprised by that given what we, what his instincts appeared to be when we first saw him play in the NBA. It's also interesting to me that that they added Gordon and instead of being like, I'm going to get mine, he's like, he's leaned harder into it. He, that's part of why they fit him and Gordon are both hyper-efficient since the trade. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Um, that is really impressive. I think, I think Nuggets fans have to be extremely optimistic about the fit of those two guys together because I, I really do. Do you think of them as a duo, power forward duo? I don't. I kind of I do. I mean, I think that the whole thing works together, though. It does. It, it, it absolutely. It's more of a five man unit than anything else. Like but, I think. I, well, here's the thing: is like I think. I think you can put Jokic and Murray with any three players on the roster and they won't be as good, but they're still going to be 
good. Yeah, that's yeah. a duo. I feel like if you put if you put Gordon okay, out there that's with fair, that's fair. like if you put Gordon out there with Monte Dozier, uh, J Mike, yeah, no, like they'll be good but not great. What right? I more mean is that what I more mean by them is that like them two as forwards in that lineup are just a lot different than say if you played Millsap alongside either one or Jamichael oh, yeah. alongside either one. Like two of them together give you that athleticism, that cutting, that just it just puts so much pressure. And here's the thing. It's only four games. It's a really small sample size. They're both shooting 60% or better from the field right now. So I'm, I'm actually a little bit higher on this in terms of, you know, everyone's like, well, it's four games. And you can tell that there's still that predictably, I think that the national sense is like, it's like, well, it's four games. And I'm like, they beat the Sixers. I know that Embiid didn't play, but they beat the Sixers. They were rolling. They beat the Clippers. Like, and and at points of that game, they were beating the pants off of those teams. Yeah, it was dominant wins. Yeah, like clowning them. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing. I think that that combo is really great. It was really cool to see Jamal with fans back in the arena. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, um, you could tell he loved that. That was really cool. That was a cool moment for him. I think uh, Joker's going to get really embarrassed by all the MVP adoration that he's going to receive. Like, yeah. it was it was loud tonight, and will continue to be. Um, What percentage chance? I'm, I'm going to ask this of you. What percentage chance do they have of winning the title? Well, I bought, uh, I bought, uh, I, I, I may or may not have hopped on Bet Online today and placed a wager on that very bet. So I, I, it's not great. Winning a title is always tough. Um, but I, I look at it and I say, should they be underdogs against Phoenix, who has a better record than them? The Clippers that have a record, better record than them? The Utah Jazz? I just don't think so. I don't think they should go into a series like that and say, hey, we're slight underdog. I think you go into that and say, hey, we're better. We're just a better team than them. So They'll be underdogs versus the Clippers. Because of the betting public, I think. But I wonder where the smart money comes in in that series. I mean, having a guy that can guard your best player is just so big. And I don't know. I... Personally, I think that the Nuggets are probably a top a top four or five contender right now, and I think there's a drop off after that. That includes Utah. It includes Phoenix at the, at this moment. Oh, you mean for the West, or do you mean for the title? For the title, I'm saying I think that you drop. I place them ahead of those teams because I just think they have more ways to beat you and more players that you have to say like, "Hey, can that guy swing the series?" And there's just a lot of them now with Denver. I'm trying not to dismiss the jazz because like, I think this is a really good team. Like, I think that they are like a really good team. Um, I think the Suns are a really good team and the Suns were in both those games earlier. Now the nuggets are much better than they were when they faced the, the Suns. but um, like these playoffs are going to be tough. You know, like I think that's one of the things is like yeah. the nuggets can beat, I think any team in the Western conference. I think I do. I think they can beat any of them. I, I think they can beat the Lakers. I don't like, there's just a big difference between can and will. You know, yeah. yeah, for sure. I think Denver's better than they were last year relative to the competition. So I mean, look, they made at the Western Conference, maybe they got a little lucky. You know, things could have bounced bounced their way, but I think that they're better relative to their competition this year than last year. I talked about this on podcasts. I think on this show, and I talked about it on on the Action Network NBA show. Um, I took I I did not bet the Nuggets to win the title. I instead bet a Nuggets Nets Finals matchup. Ooh, okay. Cause I got much better odds on that. So there you go. Got that one. I bet that one in nuggets bucks too. If it's nuggets bucks, I'm going to be in absolute heaven. That's like the dream matchup for me. 
That would be that would be a good one. That'd be a success for the NBA. <laughs> As the television executives weep. Hey, I want a Miami Milwaukee East finals. I want a Utah Denver West finals. And I just want Adam Silver to be like, we've got to change how we market this league. Yep. Be forced. Be forced to. So next game is Detroit and an old friend. I think we'll play. What do you make of that? Um, I mean, I don't, I'll say this. Like I never kind of, I'm never of the mindset of like, the Nuggets are going to come out prime to send them. I don't think that they're built that way. Um, the, the Nurkic experience changed me on that. Like Nurkic absolutely just like clowned them and they were still like, Hey buddy. And so yeah. since that time, I've kind of been like, I don't know that they're made to, to do that. I also, it's weird because you would think that Malone with his level of petty and competitiveness would be more of that mindset, but I don't necessarily think that he oh, is. I think oh, he's I always think just going to like, Oh, I think I think Malone wants this one. But Malone wants know. doesn't matter. Malone wants to beat Sacramento every time and the team doesn't yeah. team up for those ones. Right, right, right. That's a, see, that's it, right? I, I also like I don't know. I don't think he's mad at Jeremy. I really don't. So uh, you know, well, it's I think it's entirely possible that he is, but I don't know. I, on some level, I do think the team largely is like they're still like, why would you do this? But at the end of it, it's like, okay, well, you made that decision and life goes on. Like, that's how the NBA here's goes. What I, here's what I think. The Nuggets, it, mostly that is just another opportunity for them to continue to work Aaron Gordon in and to get better and, and, and this or that. And, you know, I, I expect they'll be a little more focused for that game than they were for this one against Orlando. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're the better team and Denver is still trying to gain some momentum heading into the playoffs. And I think that's the, the bigger storyline for all this. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, and I think they're gonna smack the heck out of them. <laughs> the San Antonio doubleheader at the end of the week is really interesting too. Really interesting, yeah. I'm I'm pretty interested in that in that series uh, because of you know uh, the Spurs are, are very inconsistent, but they always kind of like find ways to to hang with you and just really chip in. So that one should be a really fun a fun two game set. This is gonna be a a fun week, I think. For sure, the Nuggets are uh, fun right now. They're even on a game like tonight that was frustrating, still provided plenty of things to be. But again, I just, I wind up being like, they didn't have to steal this one. I know that they, they won it late. Like they was still competitive. It was still like a, they had to take the lead late, you know, they won by 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And really you could tell, I didn't, I was not like you or I was like, they're absolutely going to win this because we've seen them just absolutely face plant too many third quarters. Yeah. Again, I'll just get back to this though. For them to not screw around and wait till the fourth and then make some furious comeback, for them to instead be like, okay, let's reset, get back to us. Oh, that's right. We're way better than you. Like, this is a dominant team right now. This is a dominant team right now. And so. Uh, this is man, what what a what a twist for the season. This has been a it's a really is it's a great twist and a, a much needed twist. It was a little bit like your favorite show. It got a little stale. You're like, okay, I don't know. And then they brought in boom, surprise plot twist, new character revealed. Yeah, got a little bit of life in this. 
All right, it's going to wrap it up for Locked on Nuggets. For Adam Mars, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to join us on Friday for our Nuggets mailbag on Locker Room. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Nuggets. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Love those five-star reviews. Some of you have even said nice things about me, and that makes me so happy. I love it when you guys say nice things about me. That makes me feel like genuinely. There's been like a, there's been, Adam, there's been like a groundswell of pro-Matt support, which is nice. So that's not all entirely. I wish that Adam just did the show. So <laughs> it's great to have this like nice balance between the two of us. I'm excited for where the show is at. For sure. For sure. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time on Lockdown Nuggets.